Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne. I'm the web editor at Hotel Analyst and joining me today to discuss important matters in the hotel investment sector are Andrew Sangster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, and Catherine Dogrell, the perspectives editor. It's results season and we've been pouring over the latest quarterly results from the major hotel groups to feed you something a little more interesting than just what's going on with their RevPAR. Uh, most of their um, graphs are starting to flatten off, particularly with the US market. So we've had a look at what else is going on uh, and what they were discussing in their quarterly conference calls. Uh, and the first uh, topic we're going to look at, um, it's all around uh, rental homes and different approaches to that kind of uh, side of the market. And the first uh, section we're doing today is going to be sponsored by the letter H. It, we're covering Hilton, Hyatt and Host. Catherine, what, what can you find in common and what would you like to contrast amongst those three? Uh, yes, today's, today's Venn diagram of the results brings us home sharing and, um, and, uh, and how we do or don't like it. Hilton, uh, we don't want to do it, we don't like it, it's different business, we're not into it, go away, go away, we don't want to think about it, um, was very much the Hilton view. Uh, so Hyatt, of course, you have previous form in this area, having um, acquired a stake in One Fine Stay and Oasis, um, which was the, then snaffled up by Accor, or at least One Fine Stay was, um, are now saying, mm, we don't want to get into it too much. Look at our branded residential developments. Aren't they lovely? We might look at something in the urban area, but that won't be sharing. Uh, now, the operators have had this kind of increased dabbling or not status towards the home sharing and of course Marriott leapt into it slightly deeper last week but uh, but what will drive all this is not as we know in the world of hotels the consumer because this consumer will get what they are given and they will like it um, but the owners and at host of course big Marriott owner they have said how much they enjoyed the Marriott trial and how much they're enjoying uh, Marriott getting much deeper into it it's really worked out for them so Jim Rosolio all over this spent a lot of time talking to Marriott, generating huge numbers of room nights and of course more importantly somewhere else for Marriott members to uh, spend their loyalty points. They couldn't be happier. So what we look forward to here is whether the likes of Hilton will find that suddenly all their owners are trying to drag them into home sharing or not and what they will do then. Of course they have dragged themselves into home sharing a little bit with Motto as a brand which I think is something of a response to uh, to home sharing. I bet Hilton can continue to deny it despite its uh, flexible rooms, focus on maybe the lower end of the market, beds that flop into the wall, being able to accommodate groups. Very, very different though. Very, very different indeed. But uh, yes, will the likes of Jim Rosolio force a shift in those who are still holding out in the home sharing sector? See, I'm going to introduce the letter F um, for focus. Ooh, and I was going to go somewhere else for a moment. Is, uh, <laughs> um, yes, it's a family podcast. Um, Fulfillment, so, guest fulfillment. Uh, <laughs> what you're thinking? There is an element of that, but I, I think on Hilton, in Hilton's case in particular, uh, Chris Nassetta, the CEO, was very big on this word focus, um, and I think understandably so if you look at their performance so they have of all the majors got the best net unit growth which is the the, the new number the nug net unit growth and they're seven percent they're at now and you can contrast this to other other rivals um, we're going to go on and talk about IHG in a moment I think they're at five percent um, 
So they are ahead of the pack. And I, I would suggest they're ahead of the pack because of their focus. And you know, what is making their brands attractive to owners is the RevPAR Premium, which is being delivered because of their focus. And this RevPAR Premium they're claiming is at 15% globally. Um, over other non-Hilton brands. Um, they, have, they have a humongous pipeline of 371,000 rooms, 193,000 under construction. Uh, this is being delivered by the focus on these brands and these how these brands are performing. And I think it's quite understandable that they're saying, look, we're, we're not in home sharing. That's not a business we know. It's not a business we're being asked to know. That's that's what Chris Nassetta said. And I, I, think, I think that's a point. Now, I think I have... So, you know, I sort of agree with you, Catherine, that they probably will be asked about it. But I suspect Hilton are going to be a while um, before they would ever get around to it because they want to remain focused. And given how well it's delivering for them, um, I think it's appropriate they remain focused. And if we look at focus, then uh, perhaps we should also look at the uh, brand finance report, which named Hilton this week as uh, being the most valuable hotel brand and one that's accelerated its value in the last year whereas some of the other rivals have uh, slipped a little in terms of their uh, brand value. There you go, focus. There you go, focus is what it's all about. Right, and uh, speaking of focus, let's talk about intercontinental hotels uh, who are now looking to focus on the Far East, I think. Focusing on the Far East, their CEO has lots of experience in China, and so when he became CEO, we assumed they'd be doing more in China, and that has indeed proved the case. And uh, one of the very relevant reasons why they're doing that is that I hear that China is going to be, I think, probably quite popular as both a destination and a source of outbound guests. Um, but you heard it here first. <clears throat> However, of course, the other area that IHG has um, has other areas of focus is North America. And as we know, North America is not doing so well at the moment. So uh, off to China they go. They have got something of a, of a head start in China. It's not just Keith Barr's work. Um, they have their uh, Franchise Plus model, which uh, other hotel companies have started to appreciate the success of and apparently are sort of sniffing around and seeing whether that might work out for them. And uh, so if anyone's going to do it, it's probably going to be them. They're one of the few companies that don't have uh, sort of a local partnership or very close uh, local relations with some other hotel company there so if they do do it on their own and go it alone they can raise the flag and uh, consider themselves to be very successful indeed but of course it depends what's happening in the rest of the market if uh, in the rest of their uh, portfolio rather uh, if their brands aren't catching on elsewhere it's unlikely the Chinese owners will be eager to stamp them on either we also need to bring in the little issue of geopolitics ah. at the moment and just as we're yes just as we're recording this so earlier today china announced it was 60 billion us dollars worth of sanctions it was imposing um this is an escalating escalation of the, of that trade war uh, as if things do get worse and they could well get worse uh I, you know are you going to want to be a western brand trying to sell to chinese owners i think it could get trickier and trickier um so i, I think you know there is a higher risk here um and i think if you look at ihg they have a lot of eggs in the china basket which could be a bit fragile boom, boom. Mm. um Mm -hmm. um, so how, how much have they got in there? Well, so I think it's worth looking at, you know, how many did they, how many hotels were signed last year in 2018? So in the Americas, it remains far and away the biggest market for IHG. 416 hotels were signed. Um, 
Greater China, uh, which includes Taiwan and Hong Kong, um, uh, 142 were signed in 2018. And in this super region, which is this mind-boggling one of Europe, Middle East, Africa, and the rest of Asia, basically the whole world minus China and the Americas, 133. So, yep, China is definitely number two, but it's a sort of distant number two to the Americas. And I, my own view, I think, um, I think IHG, you know, is in a great position um, to exploit China and the opportunity of China, but it's going to be a bumpy old road, and it, it ought to keep um, some of its eggs in the EMEAA basket, um, and it might help that basket if it actually divided it back up into uh, more sensible geographic regions because I just don't see how you can possibly run European development out of Singapore. I really really hope there that you're going to say that the road wasn't as smooth as silk in China but (laughs) (laughs) but another time another time we can come back to that um yes I think obviously North America is still very important for IHG but um they had to launch Avid because Holiday Inn had reached uh, reached capacity there are they going to have to keep on throwing brands at the u.s if uh, china doesn't catch on well, i think you'd be harsh at them about throwing brands i mean i think that they have i think they've got a reasonably well articulated brand strategy um i i think they're pretty good at it um and i maybe hilton's ahead of them i i think in my view hilton are ahead of them is ahead of them um and uh but uh, it's pretty good nonetheless ihg and they've, they've how they've articulated it is in terms of the white space they're filling in and they're doing you know a good job at filling in that white space with their new sweets brand they've just launched and all this kind of stuff so um yeah i you know i, I don't think it's a uh, um throwing brands at it i think is, is well no i mean but they've got, i mean holiday in i mean they admitted it themselves didn't they there's there's only so far you can go with that now in north america so if you still need to rely on North America, what are you going to do? More regents? Yeah, but well, we've heard this a lot, haven't we? But, I mean, you know, the fact they signed 416 in 2018 shows that there is a lot you can still be doing in North America. There's still a bunch of stuff you can be picking up of the smaller brands um, as well as the unbranded stuff. And it's still a growth market. It's this, you know, travel is still growing at faster than GDP in, in the US. So, you know, there's, there's still a lot to play for there. Yep, there are there are issues. Um, and there's particular issues in terms of the the mess outside of the urban areas where you've got a lot of the roadside rubbish but IHG have done quite a bit of work getting getting out of that and you know their net organic growth figure their uh, net unit growth figure I should say the nub, I was gonna say I haven't come across um, a nub yet has, has but... <laughs> <laughs> so I just sound like a Julia Donaldson the, book the nug <laughs> Yes, the the Gruffalo, indeed. Uh, I I think their their nug figure has been hit by um, by the, the the need to trim out the Holiday Inns and to an extent the Crown Plazas. They also took a uh, a scalpel to a number of the Crown Plazas and got rid of them. Um, so uh, 
I think it's a probably avid is not a bad shout in terms of maybe picking up some of those things being thrown out. Um, but I, I think now they're in a position where a lot of that work is done and they're going to really push forward on that and push forward with these these other new brands in these um, areas of white space they've identified for a developed market like the US. And at the end, you know, I, I, I think it's a it's likely to be a, a, a uh, smoother um, journey in the US than potentially it could be in China. Our third story this week we're taking a look at is uh, what's happening at Expedia. Catherine spent the last few days working out how to say their latest sub-brand, which I think is Verbo. It is, it is Verbo it? and they don't like it if you do it the other way, as anyone who listened to their call will tell you. It's Verbo! Or oh, the other way is VRBO. It's Jamalfi, it's Verbo. Verbo is Welsh, but... Um, or not <laughs> that's true that's true well who knows what's going to happen you know brands evolve over the years uh, they cut itself to verbal uh, down to the verb um, but yes a verb in fact yes so a, a doing word a doing thing for poor old Expedia um, who are having a difficult time bit with Verbo um, which is their strongest accommodation brand in the US um, but unfortunately they're not just in the US and um, turning everything from the sort of sharing-ish end of things that they've got into Verbo or holiday accommodation um, everything alternative there we are everything alternative is now called Verbo and <laughs> doing this has worked out uh, well for them because they're very strong in the US but unfortunately of course they have these other international markets and um, and yeah it's not so good really it's all looking a bit difficult so they've had to go no we're confident of our long-term vision um, which is something analysts just don't enjoy not having any long-term vision themselves terribly much um, so yes challenges challenges for Expedia of course challenges elsewhere for Expedia um, this week in Utah where presumably they are fully aware of what Verbo is um, being in the US but um, but also shrieking collusion and conspiracy and, and all that sort of thing that is so very popular, of course, at the moment for shrieking in the US. Um, and we shall see whether, in fact, this is or is not the case um, for them. But they've been accused of uh, messing around or colluding with, um, with the help of the hotel companies in uh, search. Um, what you can bid on, bidding on uh, brands on Google. They all promised they wouldn't bid on things, and now apparently that's illegal. So um, problems on two fronts here at the moment for Expedia. One, not everyone understands what Verbo is outside the US. And two, inside the US, people understand that you're not meant to conspire and collude in that way. So the investigation is ongoing. Lily Allen sang Everyone's At It, and I think this has been the case in terms of um, this alleged collusion. If, if, you're, if you're not mentioned in this suit by the Attorney General in Utah, I think you're going to be disappointed as you're not considered a significant player. I think it's virtually every major brand. Yes, even Caesars. Point in it. Yes, indeed. Indeed. I don't it's pretty major in the US, I guess. Well, there's no verbo, though, is it? All those other... <laughs> um, but uh, I, the, the issue here, and, and it's the thing, it, what's interesting is just how uh, worked up regulators get uh, about this this area of collusion. And uh, it, w w what are they talking about here? It's where um, the brands have agreed not to bid on each other's brand names. So Marriott are not bidding on... Hilton's name um, and Expedia's not bidding on Hilton etc etc now this is one of the manifesto um, clauses 
um, for the brands in their fight against the OTAs. And it, it just makes it a bit of a challenge for them, I think, in terms of the settlements we, which we're talking about. We're supposed to be in the, the dawning of a new um, era for the OTA relationship. We're in, a, in an era where it's of one of partnership, not one um, of of. Well, it looks so it already has been um, an era of partnership. <laughs> Precisely. Secret friends Precisely. since 2014. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, <laughs> it's just a sham. <laughs> but it, <laughs> but this, this this does show just how tricky that is to to formalise that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, it doesn't go down very well with the regulators when you all team up and say we're going to keep our prices set at this level. We're not going to have anybody undermining our prices, and they're all going to be fixed at this. We're not going to do anything to upset each other. Um, well. It doesn't go down that well because the whole point of competition is that you scrap, that you you do try and upset each other, you do try and undercut each other, you do have a little bid here and there, you know, taking the other company's business. Um, and if you all agree not to do that, then you you know the regulators aren't going to like it. So it's an interesting one. Um, what this means? How? I mean, we've had a, you know we've been here before. We've had a whole bunch of them, both in America um, and over here in Europe. Um, in terms of the different complaints of countless investigations. I mean, it's, I always enjoy reading the annual reports of either Booking or um, Expedia and just looking at the number of lawsuits they have to mention in there. We've got ongoing litigation in regard to It just goes on for pages and pages. There's only at least a dozen or so going on in any one year. Um, and I, the, I think this is this just shows what a contentious area this 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 remains and will remain. And whilst I think when when was it? Was it two weeks ago we talked about Expedia and Marriott in terms of that 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 um, breakthrough deal there. Probably longer than that. Um, but uh, I, I think it is a breakthrough, and I think we are talking about a partnership type arrangement now. But there's only so far this is going to go. And ultimately, I think what this boils down to is the same old thing. The chant I, we keep making is, you know, the brands are about branding the product, and the retailers about selling that product. And you know, just understand that. Stop worrying about. Um, the, the fact that retailers are are there and eating a little bit of of some of your sales, embrace it, work with them um, up to a point, um, but and keep keep within your swim lane of being a, a product brand. There we go. And on that note, we'll wrap up for this week. So thank you for listening. We'll be back again soon. Bye now.